Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cannon Snakes in Olympico. Ryan will not be here with us this week, so me and Danielle are going to have another Italian football chat. How's it going, Danielle? Oh, it's going well. How about you? Pretty good. Um, so you, you prepared. Um, we're obviously going to do some of the stuff that I put together, but you prepared a bunch of questions for the different uh, topics. So what would you like to start with? Okay, I'm just doing a whole Siri one air Syria one in general. Who yeah, do you? Th- I well, mean, no. I'm, hold on. I, I mean, because I'm going to do this in sections. So, which just w- pick a question that has a certain team, and then I'll do the rest of the questions I have for that particular team. Okay, that works perfectly. Then. You got it? All right. Cool. So, so uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, what teams do we have currently on the table? Um, Roma, um, uh, Atlanta, Lazio, AC Milan, Inter, um, and that's it for, and a little Juventus, but so just whatever you have, which, whatever t- question you want to ask first in terms of teams, we'll just go with that. And then I'll, then once we do that question, then I'll ask the other questions that are associated with, uh, the particular team. That actually sounds like a good idea because I, like when you told me I had to come up with stuff, it was like last minute. I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> no, I got you. I just I just want us to stay on track, and so we can still go through what we're going to go through. Um, so you just go with whatever team you're going to talk about in this particular question, and then I can ask the other questions that are associated with that team. So we can we can go through you know the sections team at a time, basically. Okay, that sounds good. All right, so, the floor is yours. So what are we starting with? Okay, I think we're going to shake things up and talk a little bit about Roma. All right, go ahead. I have, like, two questions related to them that I actually came up with. Okay, um, and then I'll, I'll ask some of the other questions I have, and we I answer, then you answer in response to what I said, basically. Okay, so the first question will be, what players do Roma need to get rid of during this year's transfer window? Um, okay, good question. Um, if everyone else isn't aware, Roma are in a financial situation. So we have to get rid of players. Um, and I have another question related to this that we'll talk about later. Um, but I'd like to get rid of um, Javier Pastore. Um, we, we got him with the, the deal, or he was supposed to be the guy who was going to replace Raja. Uh, he's been injured too much. He hasn't really worked out. He's had good moments. But I think overall, I think he's he's just not good enough to get into the team on a regular basis. Um, so I'd sell him. I would sell Karsdrop, who's been injured too much and been on loan at uh, F- F- Feyenoord. So I get rid of him. I would get rid of um, some of the deadwood that we have in the defense that's that's not really being used. Um, I love Fazio. I've, he's been one of my favorite players the last few years. Roma and I think he's been really important um but I would get rid of him as well just because he's not getting into a back line with Smalling and um Mancini so it just it just seems like that there's not going to be space for him on the team and we need depth but we have a lot of young defenders already so it just feels like with him it would it just feels like those one of those situations where I don't really want to get rid of him but I would be forced to basically based on the financial situation um, and then, uh, Genghis under is the big one for me. Uh, I like the kid. I think he's really talented, 
but I don't think he no longer fits with what Roma has to do, especially with the emergence of Justin Clivert, who I'm hoping they're, they're, they'll be able to hold, hold on to. So if they were able to hold on to Clivert, I think Under is, is one of those guys who needs to be sent out, not because he's not good enough. It's just because based on the system and sort of how everything's in place, it just he's just one of those guys who I think needs to leave um, to sort of redefine himself. He's been injured, and obviously he, he had a great start. But I think based on the other players at his position, um, his chance will be limited if he stays. That's those are all like a, that's a good list of players. I know for one, Roma definitely should get rid of um Senzik under because like you said, he isn't like living up to potential, especially with how Cliver has and of course is like performing. And uh if I'm remembering, Patrick Schick is on loan from you guys, right? Oh yeah, that's a good one too. I forgot about him. Yeah, I was also like thinking of Patrick Chick. I mean, he he really doesn't fit into Roma's project, in my opinion. Um, he would just, and he probably, with the emergence of all your young talent, because I know Roma have a really good um, youth program, and with the emergence of those players, it it the, it just seems unnecessary to even have them on. So yeah, yeah. That, what? Yeah, I agree. And also because um, Roma are looking at other players at his position already. So that's what that tells me is Roma are going to keep with Jekko for a few more seasons, but they want to bring someone in who can replace him in a few years. And Schick is young. So if Roma really wanted Schick, he has he fits the prototype and the age requirements for someone who could replace Jekko. So because they're they're sort of reluctant not to continue with him, that just tells me that they're they're trying to get rid of him. And he and to be fair to him, he's done really well in Germany. Um, his last few games haven't been great, but the, overall he's he's done. Uh, he's got I think eight goals in like uh, fourteen or fifteen games, which is more than he had at Roma in two seasons. So I think that's another a good point in terms of getting him out because he just doesn't fit what Roma wanted that position right now. Well. And my second Roma question is, with um, this project, what are some key players that you would like to see brought on? In terms of, like, being a more regular um, in the team? Yeah, like, players that you think would be better, like, suited in the, the starting 11. Oh, in regards to the team that already exists? Is that what you're saying? Hang on, let me try to figure this out, how I want to word it really quick. So are you talking about, like, players that Roma should get or ro current young players in the Roma team that should be starting more regularly? Oh, yeah. okay, let's go with that one then because, like, the young players that you've seen, who do you think should be given more of a chance to shine, if you will? Okay, um, I'm going to go with the two that Roma just got in January. Uh, Carlos Perez has been – just spectacular. And that's another reason I want to get rid of under because I think even Perez in the short amount of time he's been here, um, has been important in the, in the, the Europa league game. That was really important. He scored a, a crucial goal in that game and, um, had an assist in one of the wins that Roma had before everything stopped. Uh, he's been really good. I thought he's been spectacular so far. Um, I don't know if he starts yet just because of how things are set up right now, 
but I think he's someone that you're going to look for to, to really be a crucial part of the next few years, especially. And this is another Barcelona player that basically was just given to Roma for, for a relatively low cost. And I think based on what he's done so far, I think he's done a really good job of, of sort of solidifying himself in there. Um, so he's one. I would go with Gonzalo Villar as the other one. Uh, I've only seen him a few times. He hasn't played a lot, um, but he played um, one of the last couple of games and was really good. And it looks like a really another one who's like a really young player. So I would go with the two Spanish players just because they've shown me. And, and it's it is a small sample size between with both of them. But based on what I've seen so far from them, I think those are those are key components in terms of building the team. And obviously we have other players who are young, but um, D.O.R. Is, is basically playing constantly. And so is um, Clivert. So those two are already kind of in the starting lineup, even though they, there is rotations. But I would say the, the two that Roma just got in January would be probably the, the two that I think make the most sense to be brought on in a little bit more, um, more of a way. But also on top of those ones, the defender that we got from Atlanta, I'd like to see him just get a few more games under his belt. I don't think he's going to be a starter, but I just would like to see some of these younger guys that we don't play that much get more rotation in terms of the lineup. That's fair enough. Unfortunately, I really don't not know a lot about the youth and the younger players. So I will definitely need to be getting into that in the future. So those are the only Roma questions I have. All right. All right. I'll, okay. I'll take over the rest of um, on this. Um, I'm going to ask you, and then I'll respond to kind of the same, how we just did it. Um, let's see here. So, um, Roma's, uh, Roma's obviously are going through a financial situation. Um, and Zaniolo is the one that keeps being brought up over and over again because of his high potential. So, given the situation with Zaniolo, his, he's still reluctant to leave. What does – so, I have two parts to this question. What does that say about him as a kid? And my second part of it is not selling him. What does that mean for sort of the rest of the team? So I'll, I'll let you answer. Well, first and foremost, what this says about the kid is he doesn't want to leave, which shows he's loyal, which is one thing that is has become like very rare in the football world. You have players who come and go and – then you have like your Francesco Totti's who have played with Roma for their whole entire career. So it shows that he wants to stay with the club and continue being with the project. In regards to the second part, in, in regards to the second part, what this means for the rest of the team, it definitely means that they are going to have to get rid of players if they have any hopes of raising money to get other players. So you would definitely have to cut out the dead wood in order to make room for everyone else. Right. And I think the problem with, and I'm don't get me wrong. I, I love Daniel. I think um, he's fantastic. I actually think Clivert's the better prospect. It's not very, that's not a view that is, that is taken by most, um, but I'm glad, I'm glad he's staying or I'm glad he's staying at least for now. I don't think he finished his career here or anything. Cause that's just so rare in, in this day and age. But I think he 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 will he will give Roman a couple seasons before, um, just to try to win something with the club, uh, and I think that's important. Um, but I think the problem is, you want, if he stays, 
we can't, the Roma won't sell the Deadpool, or they're, they're going to have to sell an important piece. And that's what terrifies me about the whole situation is I don't want to have to, you know, it's like we have to, we're going to keep um, Zaniolo for sure. D.O.R. is not going anywhere. Clive, it's probably not going anywhere. My fear is Pellegrini is going to go to somewhere else. We're going to have to sell him to sort of consolidate the rest of it. And that's what scares me um, about the whole situation. Fair enough. Um, all right. Um, so uh, Roma have um, Mkhitaryan and, and Smalling. Um, tr- they're trying to negotiate a permanent deal on both of them. So my question to you is, based on what they've – how important do you think those two pieces are for Roma this season? And uh, I guess that's, that's it for now. Okay. What was the other player besides Smalling? Mkhitaryan. He's, he's the Armenian uh, player. Do you know what I'm talking about? Plays in the central midfield. He used to play for Arsenal. Unfortunately, you know I unfortunately, I do not. But All I, right. Uh, well, you know, you know, Smalling is so. Well, just yeah. Answer that part, and I'll answer the other part. Well, I know Smalling has come a long way since his time in the Premier League, and he is getting his chance to like show what he's capable of, and I think he's been one of the most critical players so far for you guys this season. And he would definitely be a good asset for you guys going forward. So hopefully they're able to get rid of some Deadwood and get that deal signed. The, 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 the word on the streets right now is that they're, the Man United have lowered the price tag. And, it, and I haven't heard anything specific, but I've been told that it's, it's, it's a step away from happening. Um, so in the next week or so, we might have more clarity on the situation, but I, I think he said it all. I think it was one of those weird ones where not many people thought this would work just because it wasn't a signing that anyone really got super excited about. Um, we gave him a chance, obviously, but going into hearing the, when the signing was announced, it was one of those where like, you were just a little skeptical about what happened, but he turned out to, to work out really well for Roma. Um, He's he scored some goals, been really crucial this season. One of the best players, not players, but defenders in the league this season. He's he's built a perfectly strong uh, backline with uh, a partnership with Mancini. The two of them have been spectacular together. So if Roma get this done for like 15, 20 million, I think that's a huge deal, especially um, the way he played Lukaku in the Inter game. So for this season so far, that's the that's the big moment for me. And Roma shouldn't should have lost that game, but it was just he was so hard to control in that game and and had so and it's it's all these things. But I think he he's really important for Roma. And Mkhitaryan is is a safety net. I think he came out this week saying he'd he'd like to stay for at Roma for a couple more years. Um, they had to still get an agreement with Arsenal. Um, who basically both sides are sort of kind of in agreement of what will happen. Um, but the thing, the good thing about Mkhitaryan is why if I, I would prioritize him over Smalling, even though they're both really important, is because if Lorenzo Pellegrini gets sold or has to be sold, then you can put him in the same position and you won't get the, the same quality, but you could get something of a, you know, just some similarity in terms of what they can, what he can bring to, to the table. Next question. All right. Um, 
So I'm gonna I'm probably gonna we're I'm probably gonna use this question next week also. Um, but I just I just want um, you to sort of based on what you know about the situation, just answer it how however you can. Um, so obviously Rome are trying to sell the club. Um, they were in talks with someone before this whole financial, you know, situation hit. How important is it, do you think, for Roma for Roma to sell the club? And what changes do you think we could see if they're able to sort of get that monkey off their back? Okay, the only part of this question I could really answer is like what what you are getting is probably a better owner than any American like owner could ever give of a football club because we all know American owners of football clubs have the worst track record when it comes to doing business. I mean, look at how bad what happened to Aston Villa. We all know how that story went. And mm-hmm. we saw them get relegated. And they were a team that has been in the top flight ever since the, the Premier League era started. And once that American owner took over, it all went to hell in a handbasket. I'm just plain and simple. So, right. so for you guys getting rid of that American twat waffle... It would be the best move ever. Right. And just just for some clarity here, I think um, John Henry has done a good job at Liverpool, but he's the he's the one and only, basically, <laughs> that I can think of. Um, I'm sure there's other examples. I just they're not coming to my head right now. Um, so I don't I don't think it's totally fair to say all, all of them are bad because John Henry has done a really good job at Liverpool because um, they're. I mean, they are where they are, not just because they am, but, you know, some of the moves he's made and, and all that stuff. But uh, for the most part, I would agree with that. Um, I think it might help the stadium, for one, get on the right track. We've been taught we were supposed to have this stadium in 2020, um, but it's just it's just been it's just been bad. We, we we need we deserve this. And it's just we've been waiting on this for far too long. I'm going to be in my mid 30s by the time the stadium comes out. It just seems that way, at least just because it's just thing after thing after thing and it, it's it's not doesn't seem to be going in the right direction um so i think there's that and i think more money too if we sell and a, we get a billionaire to come in and, and spend money and someone who won't sell key players every season i think that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i definitely agree with that because i mean of course liverpool is the exception but we all know the track record with american owners come on it's it's clear as day. Like if they right. if they own a football club and they own an American team, we all know where all that money's going. It's going to the American team because it's America. And Correct. it's like the football club is the redheaded stepchild that no one wants. Exactly. So I hope that you guys are able to sell and get somebody who is worthy of AS Roma. Exactly. Because I care. I, we just need some. <laughs> right, right. We ju- we just need someone that's that's going to be interested in sort of the club and making those investments. And even if it is another American, which I would prefer not, but if it's another American that is actually dedicated to you know growing the club, then I'm fine with that. I know they don't have the best track record, 
Um, but the, the guys who were looking at it before were American. But the, they had there was a, the dad and the son of this company or of, of that, the, the the group was seen that they were talking about stuff about the club and how much they want they want a lot of input and basically create a a situation with with the director then coaching them so they'd all be on the same page so even if they're american or not i just i just like a different ownership just because this hasn't really worked out and it's not all it's not all on the manager or not i'm sorry it's not all on the owner but it just seems like it's time for changes because we've had to sell important players all the time and this shouldn't be one of those things. You know what I mean? Um, anyway. So what other uh, team questions do you have? Well, I do have one Atlanta one. All right. We'll just, we'll do that one next then. Give it to me. Okay. What do we think Atlanta need to compete for the title in the next one or two seasons? All right, you want to go first or do you want to go first? Sorry about that, guys. Technical difficulties. We apologize. Um, anyway, we were going to talk about Atlanta. Um, do you want to answer the question first or do you want me to? Um, I'll go ahead and answer. Um, all right, go ahead. Well, we all know that they they got a really good midfield and, um, like, attacking uh, – attack-wise, they're amazing. But I think – one thing to really make them a threat in the future is get a good defense going. Cause to me, that seems to be their like only issue at times. But other than that, they're a good team and I'm still praying to God that they still finish fourth. So I don't have to wear a Juventus Jersey. I'm praying to the football gods, <laughs> um, but they, if they Get at least a new defense or another couple other key pieces. I could. I don't see why they can't compete for the title in the next few seasons. Yeah, I, that that that's where I would go as well. Um, the, the 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 left back and right back that they have are pretty good, um, but they have um, they have some other issues in terms of the the center back position. Um, I I just think there's there's a few more pieces they can add. Um, I don't know if that should be their their number one month like in terms of money priority but that's definitely something they need to, to look at especially um based on how the league is going to overlook and and continue to contribute um to them over the next couple of years but so that that's that's a good starting point at the defense but i think they should add a midfield and i have a, i have a particular made a, a particular person in mind so i was thinking about this a little earlier um it it, with with intern stuff with Roger, whether he's going to be there or not be there, we don't know what's going to happen there. But I think Atlanta would be the perfect place for Roger, just because he contributes defensively in the defensive midfield. He plays roles defensively in terms of uh, taking the ball away, tackling, um, interceptions, all this stuff, but also contributes on the other side of the field as well. So it would be like having a, a midfielder that can that can have defensive contribution. And there's not many players on that team in the midfield position that have that contribution. And I don't know if it would cost that much. Um, I know Roma are interested and um, Florentine is interested in a few other teams, but I think that would be the best place for him just because of what he can, he can bring on both sides of the ball. So what do you think about that? And do you think that makes sense? Yeah, that definitely would make sense. Um, 
like I said, we really don't know what's going to happen to Raja in the next, like after this season. R- there's been rumors that he's going to go to another club. There's been rumors that Conte is going to try to work him into his system. There's just so much news going around. Like with everything, we have to take it with a grain of salt right now. And the only way we'll believe it is when we see it happen. So, but Atalanta for Raja would definitely be a good place for him. That's if Conte doesn't like take him back and try to fit him into the system. I would love to see him go to Atalanta and be utilized yeah. in some capacity. Yeah, I think Atlanta and Florentino are the two that make sense the most. Um, and it just depends. But I don't think he'll cost that much just based on the 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 wrong narrative that's being painted about him. Um, so because he just went to Cagliari last year on a dry loan and was I thought he was one of the best players in the league. So if you put that contribution into uh, Atlanta's attack and he can help with defense as well. So I think that that could be a really key piece to getting them to win the league. Um whether it will happen, we'll see. But I think I, – I still think they'll be on the doorstep regardless. But that, that sort of signing I think would really um, come through for them. Um, all right. I, I kind of had a similar question. Um, based on the team that they have right now, um, I'm guessing the Champions League and the Europa League are getting – just. we're not going to have a chance to see that this season. Um, they obviously got to the quarterfinals this, uh, during this campaign, but it um, doesn't look like we're finishing that part of it. Um, so my question is, based on the team they have and what, depending on what they add, what do you think? How far do you think they can go in the Champions League? So give me the best case scenario, worst case scenario for Atlanta and Europe next season, just based on your perception of of what they can do. Well, where did they make it before this whole fiasco took place? Uh, they were so they were in the quarterfinals. Um, they beat uh, Valencia five through an aggregate. Um, Ulusic had scored four goals in the the second leg of that uh, t- at that of that tie. But also, it's important to remember they were in the group stage with Man City, Shakhtar, and uh, um, uh, Zagreb. But they were they were in, at one point they were in, they had only had one point, and it kind of took a miracle for them to get out of the group. Um, but then again, they're not playing in their own stadium, so it's it's complicated. But based on the team that they have right now, how far could you see them going next season in the Champions League? Well, I would if best case scenario, if we if if things hadn't panned out the way we had hoped, um, we could have I would have could have easily seen them in at least the semifinals because yeah. go ahead because they were. On fire, once that fire got lit under their butts and they were able to make it out of the group stage, there was, like, no stopping them. They want – I could tell they had heart, determination. They just wanted to make Italy proud, which, to say, is a huge – it says a lot about a club in a certain league. It's like they – even if it wasn't Juventus, at least they would try to bring a, t- a Champions League – back to Syria. So, like I said, I could have easily seen them making the semifinals. And if they are able to do what they did next season, best case scenario, semifinals. Worst case scenario is they, of course, only make it out of the group stage and maybe go to the round of eight. 
Yeah, I, I think that's about right. I think this season they would have gone out in the quarterfinals to Leipzig. I just don't see a scenario where they they take them down. And I know that team's not playing well right now, but at the time they were they were they were cruising. So I think it would have been really difficult to see Atlanta come out of that. But again, no one thought they were going to beat Valencia either, um, or get a point against Man City. So it's just like one of those things where it's like they're capable of of anything. I don't think they can make the final. I think they can make the semifinal. But I think the quarterfinals is something we will see next year. And it and this the semifinal thing it all depends on um, how well uh, they're matched up with whoever they play, because there are teams that they might be be a better team than, but they match up really poorly. And that's that's where that's where the problem. So if they had gone against um, well Leipzig is a bad matchup for them, just because of, of the way they play. But then again, Valencia was a really good matchup for them. So I think it all depends on who they get and whether it's a good or bad matchup. And I don't think in the knockout stage, it depends on matchup more than which team is better than the other team. Uh, so I would say quarterfinals. Fair enough. Um, so I have, I, have, I have one more question on that um, really quickly. Um, so obviously we've seen a lot to do what they would have done. Um, but my question here is, what, is it, what does it say because, about them? Because the, my perception is teams don't like to go to Bergamo anymore. It used to be not sort of the most desirable location, but no one was ever scared going down there. Now that they're sort of moving, um, it seems like there's more fear put into teams that are going there. And when they get, a new, when they get their new stadium or a, a stadium that's more approved for champ, uh, of Champions League and European football – what do you think the impact of the, basically the fear of, of teams going there will be on sort of what their goals are? I mean, as you just said, teams are starting to fear going there because they know that this team is not the team they once were. So with them getting a new stadium, that's probably going to only add to the fear because – you know it's their stadium now. And so and they're gonna do whatever they want can to make it their own. And so when it becomes their own, you know things are gonna go down. <laughs> I don't I mean if that makes sense. <laughs> right. Cause now it's like if you get a point or three points at in Bergamo, it's like, well, that was a good that was a good result right there. Or you get one point in Bergamo. Because even teams like Inter and Roma and other teams that are going to Bergamo and getting a point, it's just like, that was a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know Inter got a draw with, with a, a lot in Bergamo. Um, and I, I know they were falling out of the, the league title race at that point. But in the general sense, even a team like that going there and getting something is, is, is sort of a, a good point. And the other thing is there even there's this fear – I won't say necessarily fear, but there's some sort of discomfort about playing them regardless. Because when we, uh, when Roma played Atlanta, this was when Roma were playing like really bad and they'd lost like consecutive games. And when we played um, Atlanta before that, I knew we were going to lose. I like, I had no confidence that we we're going to beat them just because of how they play football. And they, I think they can really take advantage of teams in that position and in, in sort of those areas even big teams. And I think the, the key is they're getting points against these big teams. 
but they struggle with some of the lesser teams. Um, so if they can fix that part of it, I think they're really off to the races in terms of where they could potentially end up uh, finishing the next couple of seasons. I think they don't, I think they do have a window though. And feel free to, to, to uh, disagree or whatever. I think it's like a two to three, one, two, maybe a two year window for them to do this, to actually win the league. Um, maybe three years, but I think they have a certain point. So it's, it's really important that they grab as much momentum as they can during this time. And they'll rebuild. They'll be able to, to get more talent and all of the other stuff because they have a great coach. But in terms of actually winning the league against some of these other giants, I think it's probably a three-year plan um, as far as that goes. To be honest, I mean, that definitely seems like a reasonable time frame to, for them to, like, get what is needed and to get the, t- the new players and the players they're getting rid of, like, to gel in the management staff, gelling together and doing what is needed to get the job done. Um, yeah, I can definitely see in the next few se- three seasons at the least, maybe four at the most, I could definitely see them competing for the title, especially now. Especially in, but who knows? How long is Zapata still on contract for? Well, he's, he's on a two-year loan. This year it expires, but they have a purchase option, which they'll definitely activate. Um, we're going to talk about him a little later, but he's – so just let me – I'm just going to give you the full picture. So Zabata is, I think, 28 years old, so he's, he's approaching 30. Um, Ulusic is already third. Uh, he's he's, he's Jekko's age, so around that area, so 32, 33 years old. Uh, Papu Gomez is 30-plus, um, but the rest of the team is young <laughs> for the most part. So my concern – with them winning it past three years is the ages of those, those two players in particular. Um, and I think they could replace them, but I think with this current team, I think it's probably a two to three year plan just based on the fact of the ages of, of some of the important players that are already there. Fair enough. All right, cool. Um, so what other, you, you have another, do you have another um, team question? Uh, the only other one I have is basically like Torino interrelated. All right. All right. Do that. And then I'll ask, I'll ask my inter questions and then. Okay. Go from there. there has already been, uh, well, r- of course, everything right now is just rumors. Um, currently there has been rumors that, um, Torino might be selling inter Balotelli. Is that a good move or not? Ooh, that's I, I like that. That's interesting because we don't know what's going on with Martinez, but it just seems if it's not this year, he'll be gone. He'll he'll be at Barcelona at some point. I think the money complicates things, but I just have a feeling like he's gonna end up there eventually. Um, but Balotelli could be a good one. Um, especially with Lukaku. So, so the high, the high point of this is I think those two would work really well together. Um, my only concern would be because he scores goals. Um, he may not be the killer that we thought he was going to be, but my only concern with those two is their weaknesses are exactly the same. Um, so in games where, and I think Lukaku is harshly, um, criticized for this 
too much, I think, about not playing well enough in the big games because he's scored in some really big champions games. And I, there are games in which he's done well. Um, but the problem is Bilotti uh, has the same problem. So what happens when you play Juventus and your, the, your two strikers that you're playing together aren't showing up? Then you have a serious problem. So if they go ahead with this deal, they need to at least have Martinez on the roster or someone else who can contribute. And they could completely rebuild this reputation. The two of them could next year be the big-time players in the big games. Um, but because we haven't seen it from them bef- until now, um, it's just one of those things where it's like I, li- I like the positivity and I'm looking at this optimistically, but th- there's also the, the negatives are the same with both players. So it's not one of those situations where Martinez, who plays bigger in those big games, can help out Lukaku in the same sort of way. So um, I think it's a good move, but I think you, you just got to be careful with the way Conte wants to construct this team. Yeah, I was seeing the exact same thing because, I mean, he is a great player, don't get me wrong, but that is the only thing that terrifies me is that during those big matches where we need him the most and him paired with Lukaku, who also struggles in the big matches, that is not going to do anything for Inter going forward, especially if they're hoping to compete for the title in the next one or two seasons. So I'm like, I kind of think it would be a good move, but I'm also having my doubts about it. But of course, as I like, as I stated, it's um, currently a rumor at the moment. There's nothing really concrete yet. Um, right. So it's it's still up in the air, just like everything else with other transfers going on this window because of this whole coronavirus, like literally causing teams to shut down financially. Mm-hmm. So I really, I can, oh, I think I also have another intro question. Dang it. Um, I just thought, That's fine. it's like I thought about it again because I knew I had another one, but I'm like, it, just, it slipped my mind, but now it came back. Um, but anyway, we're getting back on the train of thought here. Um, I think, as you said, if Conte knows what he's doing, it would definitely be a great addition. But if he doesn't ha- really have any real way of like fitting him in, I say it would be just better for him to stay at Torino. Well, let me ask you this. If, if he goes, if he goes to Inter and then um, Inter bring in somebody else who plays in an attacking position and um, that, but has done well in big games, maybe someone that's already on the roster or somebody else who's, who's, I don't know. Dem, Dem, I don't know who Dembele is the one that comes to my mind, but I don't think you can afford him. But a player like uh, just a, another player who who can contribute in big games. In addition to Torino, uh, sorry, in addition to Bellotti, and it wouldn't have to be a starting position. Would that make you feel more comfortable about the whole situation? I think that would put my mind at ease a little bit because at least if like Lukaku or Balotelli aren't like showing up when they need them. At least they can make that substitution for that player who does know how to show up. So like Cavani, like, yeah, like Cavani. I seriously think if Martina, unfortunately, I don't think the Martinez deal will go through this transfer window just because of the financial crisis that a lot of the football clubs are going to be going through. Um, Right. but, But definitely next season, even if it's just one season where we get Cavani in just to like, before he possibly retires, at least somebody to like 
fill in the like short term would definitely be a great addition. Plus, with Cavani, you don't have to pay a transfer fee; it would just be a contract because his contract expired already. Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's another one where. Go ahead. Just, oh, free transfer! Love it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I think you should try to get him anyways, even if you have Martin, even if you sign uh, Bellati and still have Martinez on the roster. I think it just makes sense, just because I don't think. Cavani's in a place where he he feels like he needs to be starting every game. Um, Plus, he's like 33 and over. Um, So it's just one of those things where it's like if you got him in there and then you still keep Martinez Bellotti, I think it just – it puts the whole thing at ease a little bit more uh, precisely. Anyway, you said you had another intro question? Yeah, I actually thought about it like while I was at work, and then I just uh, unfortunately, like a lot of things were happening, so it ended up slipping my mind. But I was in a couple of my football um, WhatsApp group chats, and they're already saying that the Tenali deal is inching closer to Inter because Tenali has stated that he wants to transfer to Inter. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's like everything right now is like up in the air. So I'm the real question we need to be asking ourselves. We all know. I mean, we already talked about this a little bit in a recent episode. Um, we all know, feel that it is too soon for him to, um, join a big club. But if Inter were to get him, even would it be best we just at that point loan him out to another club and to who? <laughs> to loan him? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think that's going to work just because he didn't go to Brescia to go to Inter to have to play for Parma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, your question, I mean, it makes sense kind of, but I think. I mean, I think he, I don't think he starts. Um, and I have I have another there. There's another point to this I'm gonna, that I'm going to talk about later. Um, that's the reason why he won't start. But I think that it's a good deal. These Juventus fans crying that he made the wrong like about oh well he would side right into Juventus as midfield. But the thing like for, for me, it just the inter move makes more sense because I think they're the only other ones that are kind of in it. And on top of that, you hire you have you have a young midfield already with uh, well Erickson's not young, but you have uh, a Barella and Tonali, and I think those two together it gives Inter's a lot of options in that position. And he he won't start every game, but he can make a huge impact on both sides, defensively and in the attacking sense. So I think it makes perfect sense for him because at Juventus he's going to have all this pressure to do this, this, and this, and this, and he's not ready to do this, this, and this, and this. But at Inter, there'll be pressure, but it won't be the same kind of pressure because he has other players at his position that are also going to, to play maximum, not maximum minutes, but a large majority of matches over the season. Yeah, that's pretty much what my thinking was. It would definitely be a great addition. Of course, he won't start every match, but at least he would be able to contribute even if it's like substitute has a substitution or if he does get rotated, he would make his presence known during those times as well. Um, 
like I said, of course, it was rumors at this point, but uh, from what I've been hearing through a couple different sources is it's inching closer. So it may be inevitable that he does join enter this um, transfer window. And yeah, I think the deal almost done. Yeah, anyways. it's almost done. I think it's, it's just like formalities really now. I think just signing, getting the contract written up, and everything. Because I, I'm pretty sure that the two clubs have an agreement already in place. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have to go with the specifics. I heard that um, um, the, the kid that's at Genoa, uh, Piemonte, is is supposed to go the other way, maybe, um, or something like that. I don't actually. I don't. I think that's wrong. But there's just there's just some some last details. But I think it's it's more or less done. I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't join Inter at this point because it seems like it's all but done at this at this juncture. Yeah. So with that, I to be honest, that is actually one of the players I kind of wanted because he's an amazing player and would be a great addition. So and he and he's only like nineteen. And he's now. only nineteen exactly. So basically, I'm just gonna say my birthday present came early this year. <laughs> Right. Um, so I have another question kind of, that kind of uh, relates to that. So the hypothetical here, right, with Tonali in the inter team, how would you like if it depends on how you want to play it, but how would you how would you like inter to line up specifically through the midfield? The, just forget about the attack and the defense right now, but just in the midfield, how would you like it to come together for next season? Oh gosh. Um so just to, just to give you some help here, you have Tenali, Erickson, uh, Bronzogovic. Um, who else do you have? Uh, Vincino, Valero, but I don't think you got you're interested in that. Um, Ill, those two can go. Um, there's a few others. Uh, oh, Sensi, Kronjeva. Okay, so those are your basically options in the midfield. So in your how many? He plays what four midfields or five? Uh, he. Oh, um, he plays the three-five-two. Okay, but, so but the two on the sides are like more of um, they're, they're wingers. They're like wingers, right? Yeah, I mean because you have yeah the wingers, right? Because or don't think because they know the two on the sides like Asoma and D'Ambrosio play like on the sides, and they play more of like an the attack and defense. They play like a wing back role. Yeah. So in the in the in the guts of the midfield, and you can change the form. You could put one. Uh, you could uh, just forget the, the formation, but like you could put one of them behind the strikers, and then two others in the uh, in the uh, center, just just to give you a picture. So given the options that Inter have, how would you play in the center of the midfield with the, the te- with the which which three would you go with, and explain? Oh. I mean, to be honest, I think I would start Erickson over Brozovic. I mean, I love Brozovic with all my heart, but um, he kind of he's been getting tired lately. He's one of those players that gets played every single match unless he's suspended or something. So, I, would you play him? Would you play him underneath the striker or in the in the center? I'd probably say underneath the striker. So like, so you play him as like a false nine, just beneath Lukaku Martinez. Right? Yes. Okay. So what? Which two attacking or whatever central midfielders would you would you play behind him? 
in the center? I would say, I mean, before he got injured, he was real, doing really well. I would say Stefano Sensai. And maybe to, right. and maybe Tenali. Okay, that makes sense. Um, you, uh, I'm not going to answer that question just because you'll you'll kind of get. Uh, there's a statement I'm going to make at the at the end of this that will sort of explain sort of how I feel about the same situation. So I'm not going to answer that right now. Um, okay, let's see. Um, you kind of answered this already, but just give me a few statements or words on the biggest need um, that Inter need for, for next season's title? Pretty much another striker and, of course, another midfielder. I mean, we've already pretty much got some of our needs taken care of, has already stated, but um, I would also like to see maybe another defender because I don't know how true this is, but apparently Godin might be leaving. I don't know, but so at least somebody – right to help in right but even even if he doesn't leave he's not going to be starting i don't yeah i don't think he's going to be starting so so at least another solid defender who can help scrinyar and deride out because those two have pretty much been the only two players that on the defense that have actually done something substantial so Maybe just somebody, another experienced uh, defender that would definitely help us a little bit. Um, but those, I think, as far as the mid, okay, I got you. The midfield. Who would be your dream midfielder to sign, though, if you have one in mind? I'm, I'm just curious. I can't really think of one off the top of my head, um, but all I know is definitely a mid- Wait, another midfielder would definitely help out. Daniel, who you who you been saying the last few weeks? Do you remember? Oh, oh, Man United. You you said you wanted Pogba before, right? Oh yeah, Pogba. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I knew that already. Just I just you never explained why. So so just give me a reason why Pogba's the. I mean, I don't know if it'll happen, but if it happens, why that would be your uh, dream signing? Paul Pogba. I mean, he is an amazing player, but I just don't think that he's given uh, enough credit. Where, where, like, it's due, and unfortunately, I don't think he's been doing well in the Manchester United lineup lately, and he, I think with Antonio Conte, he would probably have a little better, a little bit better of a better time um, adapting to his tactics and style, so, I mean, he, overall, great player, would, is, is definitely experienced, and could definitely also be one of those young, one of those people to help mentor the younger players like Tenali and Barella. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Pogba could be. It would cost a ton of money, but if they could pull oh, wait, off, it would win be the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would have to. I think you'd have to throw some pieces in to make it happen. But um, I think it's possible just because of the the pull that they have. I think Pogba's just not been used correctly in England mm-hmm. uh, because there's a reason they don't look the same. The same, but Juventus Pogba and Man United Pogba look different to me. Um, and I would prefer Inter get him just because I've never been a fan of players going back to former clubs. It's just I, I just don't like it. So I'm hoping that um, he, he's done the Juventus thing. He would. It's like going. He was Juventus. 
he was Man United, Juventus, Man United, and then it would be Juventus again. So it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm. I just would rather him not be in in Juventus again because it's like going back and forth with the same club, and then in four years we'll go back to Man United. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's too much. Um. So, but Inter that would that'd be perfect. I think you could play him and either Tonali, Barella, or or Sensi next to each other in the middle, and then you could put Ericsson up up top. All right, welcome back. Um, sorry about that again. We do apologize. We're doing our best here. It just keeps cutting out. Um, but anyway, I was just saying that I think Pogba would be uh, perfect for for Inter Milan. Um, and me and Daniel are both on the same page of this. So, um, all right, let's see here. Um, all right, so so Inter Inter have signed. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this person's name, and I apologize to him. But um, Georgios Valenyandias. Um, he's a Greek, 18-year-old Greek defender. Um, and obviously, you're, you're probably going to get uh, Tenali as well. And um, uh, the other, the young striker, uh, Esbisito, is getting extended as well. So what are your thoughts on – obviously, this guy's probably not going to play this year, but what are your thoughts about Inter buying young um, this season? Because we, you and I have talked about this before. And uh, it's something that's always frustrated you. So what, how does it feel to, to know that uh, Inter are finally doing what you've asked for three seasons? First of all, who was that one dude's name? I don't I, even think I've heard of him. I haven't either, but <laughs> that's not really the point. Uh, I can't pr- – I'm, I'm not going to butcher his name again because I'm going to feel bad. Um, a Greek defender, he's 18 years old. Um, he just joined uh, this uh, last week. Um, but, again – when, uh, you know, Martinez signed – oh, no, that's a bad example. But it's the, – the point is that Inter are buying young players, which is something you have asked for for a long time. Um, so what are your thoughts on them going 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 out and doing that? I'm just going to say it. I am happy as a clam right now because of that. Um, for me, it kind of like finally shows that Conte is actually going to be able and willing to, like, help with the younger players grow and develop, which is something that I know our, his predecessor, Luciano Spalletti struggled with is allowing the younger players to get some action under their belt. Um, So it's finally good to see that Conte is going to like go the extra mile and make sure these players are brought in and trained properly and given a chance to like grow and develop, even if it's just as a substitution. But even if they say, "Okay, you're you're doing well," how would you like a chance to try to be in the starting lineup? At least the, he's finally putting the allowing them to get a foot in the door and allowing those players a chance which some managers in the past or other clubs are usually afraid to do exactly uh just to remember you, you don't want another zaniolo situation so you had him at the team you had piemonte at the team you've had um the kid at parma caramo at the team and um uh, uh Ga- gabriel barbosa who i didn't think was even given a chance those are four players that at the time were under the age of 20 they got rid of all of them. So it, it destroyed the youth program. Adding this guy, and who knows? He could be boring and bad or whatever, but then he could be another Zaniolo who you didn't know was going to be good but turned out to be amazing. 
and he plays – he's a right back, which could help you. I, again, I don't know if he plays this season, but but having him getting Tonali, getting Espetito uh, extended, um, you have Bastoni who's young. So it's – I just think this is a better way of doing things. We, you don't know if, how many of these guys are going to play, but you should have the options there. You know what I mean? I definitely agree. And like I said, I am so happy about this because, it, like you said, this is something that I've wanted to see ever over the past three seasons because we've seen Zanillo go over to Roma and accomplish great things. We've seen Pinamonte and – oh, what was the other guy's name? Uh yeah, I forgot. Uh, I think I'm butchering his name, but something like that. But yeah, selling them and seeing them flourish, it kind of like put a damper on, uh, to be honest, it kind of made my heart break. Welcome back. <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry about this. Um, we're yeah, going to keep doing this until we get through it. Anchor app. If you could get your act together, that would be great. <laughs> All right. Uh, continue what you were saying because I missed the last bit, and then uh, I'll move on. Okay. Like I said, this is something that I've wanted for the past three seasons. I mean, you had Zanillo Pinamonte going to other clubs and flourishing and doing really well. but And just to see, like, those – players those two could have easily been in our lineup right now and doing this probably hopefully the same things but the our luciana spalletti was like a little bit skeptical of starting some of our younger play, talent and decided to sell them off but now that we have a manager who's willing to work and adapt with these players is just making my heart happy because now they're getting their chance to shine where if we were under new leadership, it probably would not have happened. Right. And that's the important thing. Again, we don't know how good this Greek kid is going to be, but um, he might be, he might be the next thing. You just don't want someone selling someone like Zaniolo becoming a superstar, crowning off scoring against center. And then Barbosa, who I don't know, you know, that scored 37 goals this season. So you just got to have, you just got to, Believe in the, the young talent because I think that's the best way to build. Even if they're trying to win the title, um, this is the most efficient way to do it. At least buying stuff too. But you know, obviously, you want some young talent in there. Um, all right. Um, Pick up my jaw off the floor. Holy Toledo! He it was it was in South America, but still, that's a lot of goals. Um, I mean, what was it for? Um, oh, I know the club. I don't remember. It, it's one of the bigger clubs. No, it was something else. I don't remember. Um, it was it was it was Brazil. I just don't remember the name of the team. Um. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, let's see here. Um, just real quick, just give me a quick answer on this one. Um, uh, do you think Hero Mobley breaks the scoring record? And if he does. Would it, do you think it's a better season than Higuain's uh, record from a few years ago when he was in Napoli? How many years ago are we going back, though? Um, two, I think. The, the year he won oh. the title the first time, and Higuain okay. was scoring all those goals, and then he went to Juventus the next season. I'm talking about that year, um, where he scored 33. 
Um, so again, the question is, does Immobile break it? And if he does, is it more impressive? Um, I wouldn't say it would be more impressive, but it would, it, it would show that he is good at his job. Um, and do I think he breaks it? There is that possibility, but right now I, it's hard to say until I see it. So I, I would like to see him break it, but it, like I said, it's still too early to tell. I mean, there's still a couple, a bunch of matches left to go. So with, so anything is possible at this point. Um, I think he breaks it. I think he'll be around 36, 37. And I know that there's 12 games. Left. There's a lot of football to be played. And if Lazio is really going to go for the league, he needs to play like that. Um, so I think he breaks it. I don't think it's more impressive. Um, we talked last week about how much Immobile is underrated and all that other stuff. So, but he, he, just, he just scored a boatload of penalties and he didn't score as many. So just for that reason, I think, um, but again, if, if Lazio win the league, then it makes his season better just because of that. But if they don't, I think Higuain's season um, was better. Um, uh, all right. So uh, Wesley Schneider, a, a member of the uh, Inter Milan uh, treble team, came out this, this week saying he said he could have been good at uh, re- good, as good as Ronaldo and Messi, but just didn't feel like it. Um, so do you, uh, do you align with him or do you call bullshit? I don't know because I don't really know about him. All right, my bad. But I, but I mean, like I said, I I heard I've heard of him, but I just don't know much about him, so I really can't answer that. Um, I mean, I call total bullshit. Um, he was in the Ballon d'Or once when Inter won the trouble, but that's it. Um, Messi and Ronaldo are animals, aliens, whatever you want to call them. It's absolutely egregious that anyone would say he could be on the same level as Messi and Ronaldo. It's just they just don't exist in a world where any other player can reach. So it's just like total total BS on, on my point. Um, I think he should check himself because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, all right. Tell me how you really feel. All right. Let's see. Um, all right. <laughs> We're going to have a disagreement here. Which player is the key to the title race next season? Not like are we the talk, like are we oh like what player? What player is the most for next season? If this player does this, this, or this, it's going to be the biggest reason why the team that wins the league wins the league. Who's the most important piece that you get what I'm saying? What piece is gonna be a big factor in who wins the league? Which player? Oh oh god. Excuse me while my brain goes. Um, Just think of the top teams, think of their top players, and then that will give you sort of an indication of what where your mind is. If you want to answer this first, you can go for it. All right. Um, so. <laughs> I think the key to next season is Nicola Barella. Before you try and kill me, just just hear me out, right? So he's he's not had a great season. He's been he's been injured a lot, and the Inter fans have an expectation that he's an attacking midfielder, which he is not. A year two against Conte, they, I I know this kid when he was at Calgary. He's he's a really good player, but if he if he jumps and makes a leap next season, it, it I mean I think everyone's in trouble. 
Because if he can reform himself into Calgary Barella, I mean, they'll be the favorites for me from the start of the season to the end. And he's not a goal scorer. He's not assist. He's not someone who's going to set people up. But he plays really good contribution in the defensive midfield. I would put Barella and Tonali next to each other, or I'll have Tonali or have them rate, rotate. But I think a breakout season next season, which it's been a year under Conte, he's going to continue to grow and become something a little bit more consistent. And once he reaches that point, you know, it's just different. And the thing, the interesting thing about this is he's, we've, you and I have both thought he's been overrated for a long time. But this is the weird thing. No one's talked about him from for, for months, almost the whole season. So I think by by a crazy thing here, he's become underrated because everyone's talking about Chiesa. Everyone's talking about uh, Tenali. Everyone's talking about the kid at Verona. They talk about Zaniolo. They talk about everyone except him. And I think this learning experience that he went through last season is going to help him. You know, And if he makes that jump next season, Inter will be hard to beat. Okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put my foot where my mouth is. Go ahead. And I actually agree with you because, oh. I mean, I'm a- I am going to actually put my foot in my mouth and actually agree with you because, like you said, yeah, he might not have had the greatest season so far, but if he's Conte is able to work with him in some form or capacity – and get him back to like where he was at Cagliari and with the key pieces that Inter are bringing in they're going to probably be a real threat next season and i actually if that happen if that actually happens and Barella actually breaks through and actually does wonders and gets us a title i will get next year's in one of the next year's intertops, even though they're all ugly, but I will get one of them and I will put Nicolo Barella on the back. Oh, I'm praying to God that this happens. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it just, he just, I will put just, my money where my mouth is. Right. And, and <laughs> the, the point here is if he makes that jump, and I think we need to understand that he's in a defensive midfield, not attacking. So he had four right. years in a row with zero goals at Calgary. And he still was um, one of the best players on their team. So it's, I think that's important, too. Um, but to me, I think this this kid is the key. He's only 23 years of age. Under Conte, he'll make that jump next season. And I think – and this might be great. I think there's a possibility he's the best player in the league next season if the appropriate things happen and he makes that jump. Um, so that's so we agree there. Um, let's see here. Um, you had a Juventus question? Uh, did I? Yeah, I did, but it's not really that important. So, all right. Um, let's see. I'm gonna save uh, Milik to Juventus to for next week. Um, let's see here. I just I just gonna find if there's anything else we should talk about before we wrap up here. Um, after being stopped because of the app like six times. Um, more. Well, I actually kept counting. It was only three. I know. <laughs> um, let's see here. Just give me a second. Um. All right, uh, we'll do a few more questions. Then you and I are going to preview the the uh, Copa Italia semifinal. Um, so I, I have two questions. Um, so number one, 
who um what what, what would you like to see happen with Ivan Perisic? And uh, the second part of this is um, which team in Italy um, has the best chance of winning the Champions League next season? What do I think should happen? I mean, I will always love Ivan Perisic. I mean, he was a part of the squad when I first started supporting Inter Milan and really getting into football. I, he, I fell in love with him instantly. But, of course – now that um, Conte is there, I really don't see him um, working with Antonio Conte's system, and I don't think Con- he's a part of Conte's plan going forward. So, I mean, he- he's done an okay job at Bayern. Um, so the best option, in my opinion, would be to sell him there or at least try to find another club who would take him. Yeah, I agree. And then, Go ahead. And then in regards to your second question, what Italy club has a chance of winning the Champions League? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to have to think about that one, but at least for the I, – I, at least I was able to get the Ivan Perisic one. I mean, and whatever happens to Ivan Perisic – I wish you the best of luck because you're an amazing player and you deserve all the best. All right. I, I have a hard time thinking of that one, the champions of question too. So I'm going to scrap that. Um, what team, what also oh, I, I have a few more and then we'll get to, to the end here. What under radar team uh, next season do you think um, is going to come out of nowhere and finish high? Oh, so just, just think about, think about the middle of the table, right? You have this year we had Calgary, we had Verona. We've other teams in in that section like Parma, Bologna, uh, um, Calgary. Maybe again, um, let's see. I'm just trying to think of other teams to help you out a little bit. Sampdoria, Florentina. Um, so these are some of the teams that aren't in that are not in that place right now that could be. So I'm just trying to give you a few examples here. Um, Ooh, so I, I would have. I to name. Okay, go ahead. I'm. Thinking about Sampdoria here. Really? Why, why do you think that? I mean, yeah, they've been struggling this season, but of course, just like any club, they may be going through, like they might, that they themselves might be going through a rebuilding phase. So, in their current, like, of course, with Roma. You're ha- you're trusting your manager with the Roma project, which has been successful this far. So maybe the managers are doing stuff behind the scenes. I mean, they're probably coming up with players that they would like to see brought in. I mean, if they make any of the needed changes, I don't see why they can't do at least finish at the top five or six next season. Okay. I would go Bologna. Um as long as Ricardo Orsolini's there, Mihailovic is the manager. They have a lot of weapons. They're they're having a really under the radar season already, and I think that's a good good shout for trying to get them. I, I don't know if they make Europe, but I think they can make the jump that Verona made this year. Um, I think I think Sassuolo is another one that might we might see make that um, similar uh, stretch. Um, good shout. Those would be the two I think of. Um, if you if you don't have the answer to this, that's fine. Who do you think the most underrated player in the league is? 
Yeah, you're right. I got no answer. <laughs> All right, I'll go then. Uh, I would say Duvon Zabata. He's arguably in the conversation with the best player in the league. Um, I just don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done. Um, he, he was injured a lot of year and had really good statistics despite that. So I think he's, he's the one, and he's going to be really key um, next year. All right, let's wrap up here. Um, Inter and Napoli are, are in the semifinal of the Copa Italia. Napoli has a 1-0 advantage. Um, how do you think this finishes, and do you see yourselves – do you see Inter get, getting to the final? Um, do I see Inter getting into the final? I think it is a possibility, of course, with the whole coronavirus thing. It kind of set put things to a halt. So, of course, we don't know how the coronavirus would affect the teams going forward. Like, you have stated that Lazio might lose their momentum from the break. So, if Inter are fully rested and they make any key changes to the lineups and tactics or whatever, I think they could possibly do it. But Napoli, they're hungry because they haven't had the best season this year. We all know this for a fact. Right. And so they're going to be even more determined to get to the final. I think it'll be – um difficult to like see enter go through but it is a possibility so what would be your um what would be your score prediction for for the semifinal we we can be wrong it's fine i'm just curious i would hope for at least a 3-0 win against napoli and move 3-1 on average right but what do you think is gonna what do you think is gonna happen like what do you mean so you're predicting enter is gonna win three nothing is that what you're saying Oh. Uh, yeah, right now, yeah. Okay. I I would I I'd love Inter to get to the final. Um, but I got Napoli. Um they got a one nothing lead. Um I think they'll get it out. They'll probably get a uh, like a two one or something, and I, I see them getting to the final. So um two of your teams you don't like, Milan and Juventus have a one one. Who gets to the final and what, what's your score prediction? A plane crash. <laughs> 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 All right, who 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 wins though? I'm sorry, that was, that was the most savage thing I've ever said. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> by the way, that's what my dad says anytime the Bears face the pa- uh the Vikings face the Packers or Vi- or whoever else is in the NFC North Division. <laughs> um. But uh, if I see anybody, any team moving on, I would definitely see Juventus. I mean, they've proven them themselves time and time again in the Copa Italia, and they show no signs of letting up. So I would definitely see them moving on at least 3-1. All right. I'm Again, I'm going to go against I – th- I think Milan have nothing else to play for. Juventus still trying to win the title. They'll be distracted. This won't mean as much to them. Um, so – I think Milan beats. They're going to find a way to win one nothing. They'll get to the final against Napoli, and then um, I would say Napoli beats Milan in the final. But um, so I go, I go, I would go Milan one nothing, and then Inter win two one, and we'll have a Milan and Napoli final. Um, all right, so I'm going to go. I'm going to do my underground player of the week or, what, or whatever you call it. Uh, underground football's underground with Elliot, uh, real quick because I'm not. I'm probably not going to do it next week, so I'm going to do it today. Um, and then we're going to rank our derbies, uh, the best derbies um, in, in Italy. And then we'll get out of here. 
Sounds good. I'm down with that. All right. So this week I'm going outside of the um, the typical big leagues um, that we can that we that I'll, most of my players are going to come from the top five leagues. Um, but I'm going I'm going to the Netherlands in this case in Holland. Um, a, a young 20 year old, 21 year old kid uh, who plays winger for AZ, um, Calvin Stearns. And I think he's, he's, he's going to be a really special player. Um, he's, again, one of these guys that no one's really paying attention to. Um, I could see him moving to an Ajax or maybe another team in, it, uh, in Holland before he makes the jump. Um, but really explosive, a lot of, got a lot of pace, um, really sh- strong uh, striker. Um, he, I think it's his uh, eight goals this season, five goals last season. So he's only going to continue to, to spiral upwards. And uh, he's a name that I think people are going to start to realize uh, sooner rather than later. But, you know, there's not a lot of attention in the Dutch uh, um, league. Um, and he's someone you really want to look for because it won't be it won't be too long before he, he makes a jump to a bigger club. And I think he's a really fantastic player. And um, it and he's he's another one of these young players that is really going to help um, uh, grow the Dutch um, back into a powerhouse. And and he's he's just a special player. All right. So. Um, so we're just going to. We're going to rank our top five um, derbies um, in, uh, in Italy. Uh, do you want to go back and forth or me do my five and then you do your five? I didn't know you were doing five. I only know of like really maybe three. All right. You do three. I do five. Um, okay. So um, I have um, – let me think here. Is Juventus Inter, you know that's a derby too, right? The Derby d'Italia, right? So, oh, you, so you were thinking about that, right? If if it's the if I called it the right Derby name, right? Yeah, but be, that's on your list, correct? Okay, so then I know four derbies. All right, I'm just giving you another one. Another one is um, so I'll just give you a couple. There's uh, Sampdoria, uh, Genoa, and then there's Napoli, um, Napoli, and, and Roma. Um, and then, um, yeah, that should give you, then it's the obvious ones. Okay. So I'm just going to give you some there. Um, at number five, and this is just off the script. I haven't done any prep work. I'm just doing it based on the top of my head. Um, I would go crap. This is hard. Um, I'll go Roma, Roma on Napoli. It's not a heated rivalry, but it's always good football. It's always really competitive, and it's it's more or less back and forth every year. At number four, I would put Genoa, Sampdoria. Not neither one of these teams are winning league titles, but it's always it's always a great occasion. It's always uh, really exciting and passionate and all this stuff. Um, and it's 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 always a really close game. Um, number three, I would have uh, Milan, uh, Milan, and um, Inter Derby. Um, Two of the most successful clubs in um, in Italy, back and forth. When, when in the in their prime, they were back and forth, and it was it was fun to see them battle out for the top of of Italy. Um, that's no longer the case anymore, but still always exciting. Even when Inter's a thousand times better, Milan always seemed to make it interesting. Um, so that's that's another really good one. Um, number two, I would say uh, um, Juventus and Inter. Two of the best teams in the league this season, and um, I think these two are going to be battling it for a long time. Always exciting and always having those moments. 
uh, Dabala and others having incredible moments like that. Um, just, I think it's just exciting football, regardless of wh- how, where they're positioned and all this, they're always fighting with each other. Um, and then number one, I would say Roma uh, Lazio, um, th- you know, that goes without being said, uh, the hatred, the, the animosity they have for each other. And also the two of them are fighting, the two clubs are fighting to be the Kings or sort of have the supremacy in the city. And I think because of the meaning of that particular game, it puts them in number one, um, even not counting the hate and, and everything, but it's obviously, it's, it's obviously really important, especially for the city. And um, so that'd be my number one. Okay. I'm just going to go from like first to like, I guess fifth. Um, so I will start, of course, Roma versus Lazio, as you stated, it's passion, it's hatred. It's always good football. And you know these two are going to fight to prove who the real kings are. So you have that, like, story um, that has been going on forever. So they're definitely my number one. Number two, I would say, even though it's, like, not one of, like, the more competitive ones, but I would like to give a shout-out to the Juventus versus Torino. Um, Oh, my God. I fucked up. I <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> All right, they're my number two. I'm I'm sliding down into and sliding down. Uh, Napoli, 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 and uh, Roma are off, and now it's Sampdoria, Genoa, um, uh, the Milan derby. Hey, um, you already had your list. <laughs> then I'll do. Then I'll do the the Torino derby and then the the Roma derby. Hey, Sorry. you can't take backseat. You can't take. You can't do that. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, so I have Roma Lazio, Juventus Torino. Definitely, I got to give props to my derby, the Derby della Mandonina. Um, def- they're, they're just a team that has gone back and forth for ever since the rivalry was birthed in 1908, the birth of Inter Milan. Um, let's see. Oh, Genoa versus uh, what was it, Sampdoria? Sampdoria. Sampdoria and Eugenia was another one. So yeah, that one and oh, you got Milan, Juventus, you got um, Napoli, Roma. You have um, um, I guess it was only two I can think of at the top of my head right now. Yeah, then we'll go with Juventus, Milan. Okay. All right. Uh, so I guess that does it for now, for today. Um, Ryan should be back with us next week. Um, I don't know for sure, but it's it's likely we'll have Roma English on uh, next week, and it's going to be a whole lot of Roma stuff. Um, that's going to be the majority of what we talk about. Um, so um, hopefully we get him on. I, he said that he could probably come on. We just have to specify a time uh, because um, – Marcus lives in Sweden, so there's a big time difference between where we, um, where me and Ryan and Danielle live, and where he lives. Um, so we'll have to probably do it in the afternoon sometime. But um, hopefully he comes on. I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but we're gonna try to get that done. Other than that, um, thank you for listening tonight. Um, I will be posting this soon, um, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll see you later. <laughs>